Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Discover North Korea, the podcast where I try to show you a side of North Korea that you don't usually see in the media. You won't find any rockets, nuclear weapons or politics here, but rather I aim to expand that narrative and talk about everything else. Today, I'm going to be taking you to one of my favourite places in North Korea and it's not really my favourite place for the reason that you might think, or, you know, for any specific reason that you might think. I'll get on to why it's my favourite place in a bit, but firstly, I want to say a massive thank you for coming back to the podcast again. If you don't know me, I am Zoe from Zoe Discovers. You can find me on social media channels uh, pretty much everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me on YouTube where I upload weekly videos and you can also email me on zoediscovers at gmail.com. All of my social media handles are either zoediscovers or zoediscoversnk. All of that information will be in the show notes and this podcast is a weekly podcast. It comes out every Thursday also on all of your favourite podcast platforms. If it's not there, then let me know and I will make sure that it is. If you haven't already, then why not spend one second to lift your finger and give this podcast a rating, a comment, whatever you can do on the platform that you are currently listening to. It really helps. This is a new podcast. This is only episode nine. Um, we've got a really exciting next episode. It's going to be a guest special. I try and do guest specials every five episodes. So we had one at the beginning. Um, I had some ex-tourists, some tourists who came with me to North Korea. That was a really fun episode for the fir first ever episode of this podcast. Then episode five was a really cool episode with um, some people who've been working in North Korea for the past 30 years. Um, very cool to get their insight. And then finally, uh, episode tomorrow, uh, next week, sorry, is going to have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. We're going to have Greg on. If you haven't uh, ever seen Greg in any of my social media before, then you've obviously never seen any of my social media content before. Um, Greg is uh, one of my favorite people in the world. He's a colleague and also a, he's a colleague and also a best friend of mine. Um, he is awesome and we are going to be chatting all about air choreo, but that's next week. So let's start to get into this week, where we will be chatting about Nampo. A couple of episodes back, I think episode 7, I did an overview of all of the places you can visit in North Korea. From northeast, south to west, from cities to smaller areas, beaches to mountains, and everywhere in between. But because, contrary to popular opinion, there is so much stuff you can do and see in North Korea and in each of these places, we didn't even scratch the surface. Like, we didn't even touch the surface of all of these areas. I literally spent, like, 55 minutes explaining all, like, pretty much where these areas are and kind of, like, you know, whether it's beach or mountainous, these different areas and the cities and stuff like that. Um, 
today and like for the next few weeks I'm gonna do them sporadically so like obviously not next week but like probably every few episodes I'm gonna pick a city or an area that I talked about in episode 7 to do an entire episode on um to chat about and kind of let you know what there is to do there um but not just on the surface level stuff not just kind of things like you know the hotels there the bars the restaurants um the scenery the tourism stuff I'll also be talking about some anecdotes, um, reasons why I like that place, reasons why I don't like that place, and talking about some funny stories of things that may or may not have happened to me uh, whilst I have been there. And we are starting with Nampo, um, because Nampo is my favourite place. Um, you know, there's nothing super special about Nampo. I have to say, like, for me, there's a special place in my heart for Nampo. Um, and we'll kind of chat into that. We'll we'll get into that shortly. But um, this is probably the one that I mentioned the most. And that's also why I wanted to, to start with it. Because if you've ever heard any interviews that I've done... Um, you know, people always ask me that question, like, what's your favourite place? Do you have a favourite memory and stuff? And I always say Nampo. Um, and so I thought it would be good to kind of explain that area um, and, yeah, the whole of Nampo in this episode. If you have a city or a place or an area that you want me to cover next, just send an email, send a message, like DM me on Instagram. I don't really read my comments on TikTok, so don't try there, but um, give me a shout, zoediscovers at gmail.com or on Instagram at zoediscovers or at zoediscoversnk with all of your recommendations for places that you want me to do next and I will do that next for you. Also, also, I just want to put like a bit of a disclaimer here, like anything outside Pyongyang, I'll probably refer to as like the North Korean countryside, um, because that's what most people seem to like presume that it is. And, you know, most people use like, I feel like most people when they say North Korean countryside or like when they say like outside Pyongyang, that's what people like think of as the North Korean countryside because no one really knows about like the other cities in North Korea. <laughs> like North Korea does have massive cities. Um, you know, two massive cities would be Chongjin and Hamhung. Those are, um, you know, they're, they're really big cities. But most people just presume that, like, the rest of North Korea is countryside. And that's not true. Um, Nampo is kind of in the countryside, I guess. Um, it's a city. Um, but it's a relatively small city, especially compared to Pyongyang. And um, you certainly do drive through a lot of country roads. But, yeah, I just want to say, like, I will probably be saying, like, the North, like the North Korean countryside and use it to mean like outside Pyongyang but that doesn't mean that um you know it doesn't have cities and stuff like that sure you will probably have to drive through countryside a lot of the time to get between these cities um so I just wanted to mention that one nevertheless Nampo does kind of pass as countryside anyway it's just a short trip outside Pyongyang um like less than an hour it can be but it can be anything between like 40 minutes and two hours just I don't know maybe you'll go down some rubbish roads or whatever. Um, <laughs> some of the roads can be a bit rough and there are basically two ways to get there. We'll be get on that in a bit. And the city is really very small. The city is not the best bit about Nampo. Anyway, without further ado, let's go to Nampo. So where is Nampo? Well, if you are listening in a convenient location right now and uh, not mid-jog or pretending to work or something like that, I recommend that you get out a device, even the device that you're using to listen to this on, and just open up Google Maps you can type in any place in North Korea and, um, you know, it'll usually come up on Google Maps. Type in Nampo, N-A-M-P-O, and you will see exactly where I'm talking about. You'll probably see a small city on North Korea's west coast, about 40 minutes drive from Pyongyang, south of Pyongyang, I think. <laughs> Maybe I need to check on a map as well. And there's actually two ways to get there. Um, the normal way to get there is driving, of course. Uh, actually, there is no other way. Oh, no, there is another way. I'll talk to about that in a minute. Interestingly enough, there is another way. If you are currently looking a at a map, then um, then do have a look and see if you can find another way down to Nampo from Pyongyang. Because um, driving takes, you know, between 40 minutes and like two hours, depending on the road conditions and which way you take. Um, one is along the Youth Hero Highway um, and should take just about 40 minutes but can take a little longer. And one older route is along the Taedonggang Highway. This takes around 90 minutes um, but, you know, can be a little longer, a little shorter. Um, you can also stop off along the way to stock up on clams for the evening. Um, actually, this is exactly where you should get your clams. So before you arrive at the hotel, you want to buy some fresh seafood um, for the petrol clam barbecue that we'll be, we will be chatting about later. One of the best things in Nampo. 
Um, so, what's the other way that you can get there? Well, actually, you can kayak from Pyongyang. If um, if you were looking at a map, you might have noticed that uh, Nampo lies very close to the Taedonggang River. It's the river that flows through Pyongyang, dividing it between east and west. So, you can get into a kayak on this river and uh, float all the way down. Well, not actually float. You have to put in a lot of effort, go all the way down to Nampo. Um, this is very strenuous um, and there is actually a boat as well. So, you know, if you fancied it, you could go on the boat. The boat is the way more local way to go. Um, foreigners, you know what? I can't remember. Um, I remember asking my colleagues, like if my colleagues in North Korea, um, if I could do the boat thing and I think maybe there was some problem. Maybe they're not running anymore or at that time, or, um, you know, maybe it wasn't an okay thing for foreigners. I can't remember if anyone at Coriotols has ever done it before. Either way, I didn't get a chance to take the boat down, um, and I only know a couple of my colleagues in the past who have done the kayaking, and they said that it pretty much took, like, half a day or the whole day. Uh, it's very strenuous, and um, they kind of didn't recommend me to do it. So I was still really interested in doing kayaking in North Korea because you know, <laughs> what a story. Um, and also, it's just really fun to be on the Taedongkang, come on. So I actually did it um, in the summer in 2019. I did it with Mr. Lee. Everyone knows Mr. Lee. He appears a lot in my channel. Um, and, uh, and we just had a really nice time. We got some beers and we were just kayaking along the river for a couple of hours. Um, and, you know, sometimes we'd, like, perch at the side, have a few beers in the shade, and then keep going. Oh, I was super chill. Uh, but I'm not sure that Mr. Lee was so happy that I made him do kayaking, actually. Because, um, yeah, you can't just do that by yourself. And we were also very aware that there were people along the riverside, like, casually following us and checking us. So, yeah, there was that. But <laughs> either way, uh, you can kayak. Um, you would have to bring your own kayak or you can borrow some from um, like Koryotor's own kayaks in um, in North Korea, I guess. So the normal way to get to Nampo is definitely driving. That's what 99% of the people do. So Nampo, it's a major port city on the west coast of North Korea, on the northern side of the mouth of the Taedonggang River. Um, this Taedonggang River flows from the northern provinces um, and runs out to the Korea Bay. So this means that Nampo serves as Pyongyang's port city. It grew into this name of major port city in 1945 after World War II. Um, and around this time it kind of became a major industrial centre, um, thanks to investment from the state. Today, it's an area pretty famous for its seafood, or clams to be precise, and some nice beach areas are on a sunny day, on a, on a weekend or national holiday. You can imagine since it's pretty close to Pyongyang, located just a short drive away, you can easily do it in a day trip from Pyongyang. Um, it's a popular location for local North Koreans to travel, um, although I do have to say I think Wonsan is much more popular. Um, it's more of like a two or three hour drive away and on completely the different side of the country on the west coast, oh sorry, on the east coast. Um, but Wonsan does have like I don't know, it's more popular, it's um, it's a bigger city, it's more fun and stuff like that. Um, obviously Nampo, you you know, you can do it in a day trip. Maybe we'll do one sun next if you guys like beaches. So Nampo is not entirely open to tourism actually. You can't really like walk around the city itself like you can do in Wonsan for example. Um, you know, when you get to Nampo, it's not really about seeing Nampo City or walking around there or going to the shops there. It's more kind of about seeing the different sites in Nampo, of which there are a handful. Um, some of those sites are off limits, um, one of which a previous very, very popular tourist destination. We'll get onto that in a minute. Um, I don't know, maybe it's not off limits, but it definitely hasn't been available to be visited uh, since I've been working in North Korea tourism. Um, but despite it not being entirely open uh, for tourists, there are, you know, various places outside and a few inside Nampo which are definitely worth visiting. So we're going to explore this now. First off, one of the most famous sites in Nampo, and probably the most epic, certainly the biggest, I guess, <laughs> the West Sea Barrage. Alright, so this is an 8km concrete steel and earthen barrage constructed between the Taedonggang 
um, river estuary and the west side um, and the west sea basically for land reclamation irrigation flood prevention and power generation so it basically means that one side is sea and one side is river it's really you know it's considered as one of the biggest um, feats of engineering in the whole of North Korea uh, North Koreans are very very proud of the West Sea Barrage and they'll talk about it very very fondly um, and it's it's of great importance actually to them. Um, it employed 30,000 soldiers, uh, countless thousands more civilians um, and took five years to build. Actually it took five years, 280,000 tons of steel and 1,100,000 tons of cement and millions of cubic meters of gravel and sand. They basically took all of this stuff, deposited into deposited it <laughs> into the sea slash river um, to create, like, you know, try to basically separate these two things um, and create uh, this wall between the two waters. Absolutely bizarre. Um, an estimated $4 billion later, um, and you are left with sea on one side and river on the other, with the top actually providing a very right, vital road and rail connection between the North Huanghe province and South Pyongan provinces. It is this road that you will drive down to when you want to um, when you want to visit this place, which you know pretty much everyone does when they go to Napo. It would be a shame not to, and you will definitely see it. Um, it will be important for your travel too. It is incredible when you look on one side and see sea, and then you look on one side and you see water. Um, it's a very very interesting place to see. When you go there, you do have to sit through a uh, five or ten minute presentation. But honestly, you know what? You get there and it's one of those things where you're like, oh, okay, it's another site. And then you see it and you're like, huh, okay, what is this? Because I was guilty of this too when I first saw it. I was like, okay, what? I'm kind of interested now, what is it? And then you sit down for the presentation and you're like, okay, great, at least they have free coffee, you know? I don't even know if it's free, maybe it's like a euro, whatever. Um, you know, at least they have coffee. So you sit down. Um, and then if you don't fall asleep during this presentation, honestly, try and stay awake because it is so interesting, the detail and lengths that they went to to build this thing. Um, and it is quite an impressive feat. You watch this presentation before you then go for a walk around outside. And I just really recommend listening to this presentation. I don't want to go into it too much detail today. I could probably talk about just the barrage alone for the next hour. Um, I'm definitely not going to though, so don't worry. Uh, but I would definitely recommend having a look online. Just Google West Sea Barrage. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to basically like a travel guide um, that we have at Corio Tours about Nampo and about the West Sea Barrage. So if you're interested, just have a look. Even if you just want to look at the pictures, would recommend it. It is pretty impressive and, you know, it's only a little stopover anyway. Second up, we have the Nampo Tian Glass Factory. Now, I do have a video on YouTube for anyone that's interested and wants some visuals. Um, yeah, I have a whole, like, just, it's just a few minute video. Um displaying this glass factory. I recently put a video, uh, uh, sorry, a picture on Instagram as well showing a very interesting propaganda um, piece of art at the Nampo um, Tehran Glass Factory. Um, here, when you visit, you can basically see where the glass in North Korea is produced. You can see the furnace where the glass is made and shaped, and you can see the control area where imperfect pieces are basically shattered and made again. Honestly, very bizarre. You walk in and uh, and yeah, you you walk around these furnace areas and you like like there are steps up to like so you walk into this door of the factory. Um, it's 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 exactly what it looks like. It's a massive factory, and you kind of walk in through a dodgy side door. And you are just hit with the heat. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to walk around when it is cold outside. But when it is 30 degrees outside, you want to go there, go in there and get out as quick as possible because you are literally walking through furnaces. It's definitely one of my favorite places to visit it, to visit just for like the bizarreness of it. Um, and for the lack of health and safety measures, I have to say, honestly, um, when I was writing, I remember writing a blog about this and I genuinely did say like, it's not I mean, I genuinely do say, like, it's not really suitable for kids. You know, if you, you're okay to watch out for your kids, then it's fine. But um, there can be, like, glass flying around um, when they're doing, like, this imperfect uh, glass testing bit. And, um, yeah, there is the opportunity to just basically, like, they put out little mm, ladder things 
at the sides of the furnaces so you can like get a closer look in so you just yeah I mean they do have barriers a little bit um but you can just walk up these steps and then you can like look into the furnace um literally impossible to get your head at the same like level of it though because like I mean it is possible but as soon as you do that it's very very hot and you get down straight away <laughs> After this furnace area, you then carry on walking and then you can see these sheets of glass that have been produced and they'll basically be sent like down a really, really long line and I guess this line is like the quality testing control. At the end of this line for the for those sheets of glass um, that do not pass, then they get shattered to be remade again and this is where the glass can be flying around. Um, to be fair, I never get close enough to find out if there is actually glass flying off the conveyor belt but uh, this thing like literally just smashes up that glass so you know I'm sure little bits of glass at least are getting everywhere so do watch out for that don't get too close um, if you want to see a video of that I do have that on YouTube. This factory opened in October 2005 originally with significant Chinese investment. investment. You can also look around the introduction room which features a model of the factory as well as photos of Kim Jong-il, President Hu, and the then Chinese Foreign Minister Wu Yi. The whole place of Nampo factory is actually really interesting because the factory is not just the building um, itself, but it actually has like this whole little complex to it. Um, when you go in, you'll be greeted by like a concrete wall um, and then you'll drive through into the complex where you'll park the bus and then you'll head first to the factory area and then outside um, you can then go for a walk around the complex. Honestly it's really nice and green and like there's nice cute little statues and just kind of a lot going on like play areas and stuff like that. It's quite nice. Next up we have the infamous Cholomet Steelworks. Now I did mention at the start that one of the most famous tourist sites in North Korea um, in Nampo um, has uh, for a few years not been open to the public at least um, and this is the one that I was talking about. So Cholomet Steelworks definitely used to be the most famous thing about visiting Nampo but I've been working in North Korea uh, for like since 27 between 2017 and 2020 pretty much and Chalmers Steelworks was never open during that time or I mean it might have been open but it's definitely not available for tourists to go and see so it's a big shame that I haven't been there but before that it was one of the um you know biggest and most popular things to do in Nampo so um I will go over it quickly there's a very very famous painting that depicts the Chalmers Steelworks as well and I definitely recommend looking that up on Google you can probably just type in like um, Chalmers Steelworks painting North Korea or something like that. It's a it's a fantastic portrait. Uh, sorry, it's a fantastic painting um, and it currently hangs I think in the Central Art Gallery in um, in the middle of Kim Il-sung Square. So what is the Steelworks? Well, let's start from the beginning. So basically um, it is a very major heavy industry site in North Korea um, and it's known as the birthplace of the Choloma movement. For this reason it is, um, it played a very important role in North Korea's history and it's very famous for its Juche steel production. Um, it's located on a rail line as well as on the Taedonggang River itself. This provides a way for the material produced to be sent out to the rest of the country. The Chol um, it was first opened under Japanese occupation, actually, and during that time it was called Kangson Steelworks, but also commonly going by the name of the company that operated at the time. Yes, you guessed it, it was Mitsubishi, that Japanese company we all know. After liberation uh, from the Japanese, the place was then stripped and, um, you know, completely kind of basically destroyed. Uh, any attempt to rebuild it was pretty much futile since... Um, it was then bombed in the Korean War anyway. So um, if they tried to repair and uh, rebuild anything, um, yeah, unfortunately it was then bombed. After this, uh, the Choloma movement was then launched in order to rebuild the nation largely flattened by the bombs. And you may be asking yourself by now, what is Choloma? Why do I keep hearing it? Uh, so Choloma is basically a myth mythical uh, winged horse. I think it's in Chinese mythology, actually. Um... And as per its name, it actually means Thousand Ri Horse. And you may be thinking, that explains absolutely nothing to me. And, well, you would be correct because, um, yeah, those mean those things mean nothing, right? So Choli Ma basically means that, um, so Ma is horse, 
Ri is an ancient kind of or like Korean way of measuring things. Um, I think one Ri is 400 meters in like metric measurements. Um, and then Chol in Korean means a thousand. So you have Cholima, which means thousand Ri horse. It basically means that it can ride like fast, vast distances at a very, very fast speed. And it came to represent um, how North Korea rebuilt itself after the war at crazy speeds. Actually, um, North Korea now has Malima, Mal meaning 10,000. So now you have a 10,000 rehorse, uh, but more on that on a different episode. So steel was obviously very important in this rebuilding um, process of the Trollema movement. Um, and Kim Il-sung ordered high production um, for the... Um, for the production of steel. The workers then actually produced double this. They reportedly doubled their production from 60,000 60, to 120,000 tons. Um, and it kind of spurred on the whole Cholomo movement. Um, and as a result, this factory became a very, very important factory in the DPRK. There is also a museum inside that you can um, go and visit. Tourists aren't allowed to visit the main steel rollers. Uh, it's probably a lot more dangerous than the glass factory. Um, but you do wear a hat and uh, see smelters and other massive machines and stuff like that emitting vast clouds as the molten steel is cooled and then reheated. So pretty cool and very photographic. Would definitely recommend heading over to Google um, whilst you're listening to me blabbering along and looking at some photos of the Cholomus Steelworks. Next up in Nampo is the Nampo Sparkling Water Factory. Water that is even better than Perrier, as they will say. The main manufacturers of the main brand of sparkling water in North Korea is the Nampo Factory Sparkling Water. Um, you will actually find this sparkling water being sold all around North Korea, but, uh, you know, why not get some fresh from the source? The factory was renovated and opened in 2005, um, with this time... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. With investments from South Korea. Um, the company exported heavily to South Korea um, in 2005, but by 2008, such kind of initiatives were banned um, and eventually, yeah, the contract was torn up, so the export market for this product disappeared. Instead, now they kind of concentrate on the domestic market, although they do say that they um, export to China and some parts of Southeast Asia and various other countries. The water that you will find here is naturally carbonated. It's called yaksu, and it's you know, a very popular drink um, by Pyongyangers and everyone alike in, in North Korea. Naturally carbonated, meaning obviously that like the water is naturally fizzy, which to me is honestly a really bizarre kind of concept. Um, and I really don't think that there are many areas in the world where you get this naturally carbonated fizzy water. Um, it does have a slight aroma of sulfur as you are walking around um, the well area as well as like, you know, kind of the water itself. Um, it's kind of salty and uh, yeah, has that kind of sulfur aspect to it. Um, but it's delicious and um, it's also believed to have mysterious curative powers. Uh, the story goes that once a farmer saw an injured crane drinking from this water and then uh, it was miraculously healed after drinking the water. From that day on, Kangso became known as a place with magic water flowing up from the depths. The cool thing about this factory is obviously you go on a tour inside, I'll walk you through that very very quickly, basically you go inside, um, you have an introduction and then you see the factory area. 
Um, if you're cheeky when you're seeing the production line and all of the water being bottled, by the way, when you say it bottled, you'll be seeing it bottled into Taedonggang, uh, not into Taedonggang bottles, maybe, but you'll see it being bottled into like green bottles. They look like beer bottles um, and they are often recycled beer bottles and stuff like that. Um, you'll see it being bottled into them. This is for domestic use. So this is not exported. This is for use inside North Korea. The domestic, uh, sorry, the export stuff is in a blue plastic bottle um, and that is nicely packaged um, for export. But yeah, the, the local stuff um, is the one that you will be seeing being bottled in the factory. Um, and if you're feeling extra cheeky, you know, why not? Whilst you're there, just ask for, for a nice sip. Um, and they'll probably bring out a whole crate of beer looking bottles uh, for you to enjoy, you know, a very, very fresh, literally off the conveyor belt water, literally out of the well. The machinery as well, which is pretty interesting in, in this area, is actually imported from Italy and it's kept very shiny and new looking. Once you have a look at this production line, you then carry on walking to the end where you'll find a showroom. This showroom contains all the products made by the factory as well as foreign sparkling water products to compare the quality. They will insist that their product is better than Perrier as I just mentioned. You can then go outside, which is the most fun bit, just a f like short walk into the forest and fields, like to the back of the main building, um, and factory is the well itself. You can literally go and see this well. It's very cool. Um, from this well, there's a pipe that runs up to the factory um, and you can walk right up to the well and you can see this water bubbling out of the well from hundreds of meters below the ground. Pretty cool, to be honest. Up next is Wow Island. <laughs> wow, spelled W-A-U, is an island. Um, it's not an island, sorry. It's, it's entirely not an island. It's called Wow Do, um, but an island it is not. It, it, it is a small but kind of pleasant beach area in Nampo. It's not as nice as the next beach we'll talk about. Um, but nevertheless, it's on the banks of the Taedonggang River. And, you know, it's it's kind of just another place to go to. You don't have to go here, it's not a must-see in Nampo, but if you find yourself with some time and it's a nice day, why not head here? It's kind of like a pleasure ground, so, you know, you've got some things going on. Um, and also, there's a really nice, um, you know, you can go up to the peak, you can walk up to Wild Peak, which is 50 meters above sea level, so it gives you quite nice views um, around all the area, people picnicking, um, the park, and stuff like that below. Just a cool, nice place to hang out. Better, however, is um, is Pea Island. Uh, now, I did just mention that Wow Island is called Wow Do, and that's uh, that's because Do in um, in North Korea uh, or in Korean language means island. Pea Island, however, I am not going to uh, say the Korean word for it on here. I will leave that to your imaginations as to why. Let's keep it as um, either Pea Island or Nampo Beach. This is located just beneath the West Sea Barrage, so usually, you know, you can hook these two up um, on a trip. It, the beach is a great location for kind of a quick dip in the sea, to be honest, um, or a relax with a barbecue, swim with the locals. It is such a cool place to be on a national holiday or a weekend or something like that. It's been really busy uh, a couple of times when I've been there on these national days. It's kind of rubbish to go to when no one else is there because it does just like <laughs> just look like a sad empty beach. It's not like white sands and palm trees and stuff but it is a beach area with sand um, and with sea that you can swim in despite it looking a little bit dirty. Um, and during the summer months they have like facilities there such as hot showers, um, they also have like uh, what they call gazebo things that you can rent, they have inflatables you can rent, they have, what else do they have? They have just a variety of things and if you're lucky and go on a, like a national holiday then you may even see like there's games and stuff like that like last time. I went and they had like shooting, arcade games, stuff like that. And there was just so many Koreans going. One of my favorite moments in North Korea was seeing um, just one of these moments where honestly, like, I was just like, oh, they are just humans. Um, I remember walking along the beach um, and just coming across these three guys who were burying this girl in the sand. And it's just these human moments where I'm just like, that is hilarious. Everyone really is just the same when they go to the beach. You can freely walk around the beach area. There's nowhere that you can walk off, to be honest. So walk to the left as far as you can go. Walk to the right as you can far as you can go. Would not recommend swimming as far as you can go. Haven't tried that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the water is fairly shallow, so it would take you a fair while to go out um, for a swim. To be honest, you can't really 
um, get too deep there unless you really do try and swim out. Again, really wouldn't recommend doing that. And do watch out uh, because I learned the hard way that the uh, the sand once you walk into the sea a little bit more is very full of shells. Um, so uh, yeah, watch out for that. It uh, it hurts. <laughs> I do have um, a great video. I mean. I only spent like, I didn't make a vlog on this because I was just having so much fun but I think I made like a little short video, it's on my Instagram and also on my TikTok at this beach where like there was just hundreds of Koreans one day, I think it was a national holiday and um, you know everyone was doing karaoke, there were tons of drunk people to be honest, <laughs> it was very funny, um, lots of people playing games and you could just walk around and everyone would like invite you to sit over with them and like share their alcohol, there was a guy who saw me and then started speaking in French to me and I was like this is strange, um, <laughs> you know so uh, yeah it seemed like um, they must have been maybe been from Pyongyang and on a day trip down to Nampo or something like that, anyway lots of fun on a summer's day. And then finally for Nampo's attractions, before we go on to where you can stay and what you can eat in Nampo, um, there is Nampo Port. Now this is usually off limits uh, to foreigners, but it kind of can be visited sometimes. Nampo is actually home to the largest and busiest port in the whole of North Korea. It's a place where all the goods get shipped in and out of the Pyongyang area. Um, hence why it's so busy and it is also the main port of entry um, for boats uh, for humanitarian aid so if you do visit um, and visit for you know any kind of amount of time you'll probably see at least something coming in or out maybe that's why they don't really like people to be there too much maybe you know they'd rather be a bit more secretive with this kind of stuff um, it's kind of located south of the city centre and like inside the West Sea Barrage. Um, so any ships entering here have to pass through the lock system in order to enter the river. Um, it has a container area that you can see, a dry dock for repairs, various warehouses as well as a small inn and restaurant for foreign seamen who are not permitted to leave the port area. Pretty cool, um, but you'd have to make a special request to go here and that might not be granted. So that is pretty much all the things that you can do in Nampo. As I said, there isn't like too many things to do and definitely half a day or a day is enough. Like usually you might head over to Nampo in the late morning, um, check out all those sites, stay there in the evening and then head back to Pyongyang the next day. They can also be done in a whole day. But to be honest, my favorite thing about Nampo is the places to stay or at least one special place to stay in particular. So. If you have the opportunity, uh, I'd recommend staying overnight in Nampo. You can also head here kind of like in the afternoon or evening if you didn't want to do tons of stuff in Nampo. Uh, but I'd recommend whilst you're there anyway, you may as well check out all the things that I just said. And you need to make sure that you are in Nampo in time to buy the catch of the day some fresh clams for your evening stay at the Hot Spa Resort. So I said at the start that Nampo is my favourite place to visit in North Korea um, and that's not because, I mean, it's hard to have a favourite place to be honest because if you would say, you know, my favourite place for mountains or my favourite place for a city and stuff like that, I have favourite places for various different reasons but for me, you know, if you were going to ask me one place that I would visit outside of Pyongyang if I had the opportunity to, it would be Nampo and actually it was. Like, I had the opportunity to go somewhere else in North Korea because um, I was staying there without tourists and so I could just create my own private tour, which I then did, um, and I went to Nampo and it was great. It was just me and the guides um, and it was really fun. It was a little bit cold because it was later on in the year, but either way, it was pretty nice um, and a pretty chill time. So, why do I love Nampo so much? Basically, um, it's because of this hot spa hotel, the Ryonggang Hot Spa Hotel. And it's not that like the hotel is super amazing. I'll I'll talk about the hotel in a second. I just want to say like for me it's all about the experience that I have in Nampo. Um and the guides love being in Nampo. So I think that's the reason why. To be honest, um the Hot Spa Hotel is pretty secluded, it's pretty closed off, and it's pretty old and I think the guides really like it because um you know it doesn't have the same feeling of uh, in Pyongyang of like you know everyone's kind of watching you and stuff like that the Nampo hotel is very secluded it's so quiet it's so old and it's just I I can feel it you know I when describing it to you guys now I can really feel what the atmosphere is there is like and I can say that it is dark and it is quiet like 
in the night when the lights go off it's a whole entire resort area so you can walk around and we have to tell people that they have to take torches or a phone with them because it is pitch black and when I say pitch black I mean really really pitch black zero light pollution um it is hard to know where your location is that you're staying because it's a whole resort area. It's massive. You actually have to like walk a good few minutes between each of the little hut things. Um, and so you can very easily get lost. You can't get lost quite out of the compound. Like if you eventually tried to walk out um, and got so lost that you tried to walk out that I'm sure someone would stop you. Um, you then might come to some street lights and stuff. But the compound itself doesn't have any lights. So it's very, very dark. It's so crisp and clear, the air. Um, you can just feel it. It's very, very crisp. Um, even in the summer at night, you can just feel this clean air and the sky is always just so gorgeous. Um, and it's so silent, you know? Like I said, Nampo is not a big city. It's in the kind of countryside area. Um, and it is really just so silent there. And Nampo just has a, this great vibe where... Okay, so I'll walk you through what happens. So, you basically arrive at the gates to this hotspot resort. And then you, um, the way that it's laid out is basically you drive up to the check-in area. And now this check-in building is basically the hub of the resort area. It is where the reception is, it's where the dining hall is, so it's where you're going to have your dinner and your breakfast. If you walk behind it, that is where the main common swimming pool area is. So you've kind of got to, so that is like in the middle, and then to the left and behind it is the main swimming pool area, I'll get onto that in a minute, and then to the right is the huts, the houses where everyone stays. Um, and I have no idea how many there are. I really can't remember. Um, there's probably about five or six different buildings, at least. Uh, maybe around that number. Maybe a lot more, maybe a lot less. I don't. I can't remember. Anyway, um, you basically walk around this winding road and winding hills. And you've got like little signposts that tell you one is this way and two is this way and three is this way and four is this way and it, it all gets very confusing I never know um and some of them can be like a good like I don't know like a five or ten minute walk away uh so the bus can and you know take you up there if you'd rather do that if you've got a lot of luggage the bus can take you up um and then you basically get your you walk into like this big house thing and then the house thing is separated into different rooms and these rooms I feel like they haven't been renovated since like the 80s or something like that like um they are very very dated um beautifully dated very very retro I have I think one picture you know what when this episode comes out, I'm going to put all my Nampo pictures onto Instagram because the thing is, despite it being my favorite place, I have never taken a single video here. Never, ever, apart from the clam barbecue, which we'll get into in a sec. Um, I have never taken a single video here, never vlogged, anything like that because I love it so much. I always treat it as my like, okay, this is my chill out place. This is my time to just like chill out. I'm not taking any any videos, any pictures and stuff like that. So I do have very limited pictures of Nampo, but uh, when this comes out, so when you're listening to it right now, head over to my Instagram, um, it'll probably be one of the most recent posts, and you can see the pictures of the Hot Spa Resort. Very retro, very cool. Each room has a bed, stuff like that, its own furniture. It's actually really pretty. Some of them have balconies too. And then each one has its own like hot spa facilities. So you'll have this big, big hot spa bath in there, um, and basically the water gets turned on between a certain time. So you'll be informed of this at reception. And then you basically have to like leave the tap open on your bath to make sure that the water comes out. Because it takes like a couple of hours to fill. It's like a massive hot spa bath. Um, and so basically what we do is like, it's good to kind of like leave that tap running whilst you go for dinner. And then it will be ready for you uh, when you get back. Sometimes it's very, very, very hot. Um, but yeah, it'll be ready for you when you get back from dinner. You can have a nice soak. Um, you know, it's very sulfury. So um, all those minerals and stuff like that, don't worry, the bath will probably be like really stained yellow and stuff. Um, it's just all the minerals in the water. 
don't worry. And then if you um, would rather have a more like fun kind of communal experience um, or you can always do both like after you have your hot spa bath and you can also leave the hot spa bath to the morning because actually it is steaming hot so if you prefer like a cooler bath you can leave it till the morning it will still be warm trust me um, you can go so if you go for dinner and then you can go like back down um, to the left hand side to like the public spa facilities now you may actually stay here. So the huts to the right or like the, you know, the little houses to the right, they're where some people stay. And then to the left is kind of new rooms. And these are the um, kind of public hot spa community rooms. Now you won't have your own private personal bath in here, but you do have free access to all of the communal facilities. What's important to know is that if you have your own personal bath, then you have to pay extra for the communal facilities. I can't remember how much it is, but it's worth it if everyone's hanging out in there because it can be pretty fun. You can get massages. Um, it's a big, massive pool area. There are two pools, one's hotter than the other. Um, you know, it's got like things like water jets, uh, massage, like jet chair things you know what I'm talking about when they shoot out bubbles it's really fun and like the most fun thing about it is like and the reason why I love this place as well is because like everyone takes part like I mean the guides the bus drivers um you know it's like the place where everyone lets loose I don't and I don't know why I mean I think I know why because like the guides feel more comfortable there um it's just more of a chill vibe it's not Pyongyang people are not watching them um you know their behavior and stuff like that no one's going to report them everyone's just pretty chill and all the tourists love it as well and it's just really good vibes all the time. And then the best thing, um, also I just want to say, like, you really have to make sure that you drink a lot of water um, because you're spending a lot of time in very hot water. It is spa facilities. Um, the best thing about Nampo though, arguably, not all of it's good, but one of the most memorable things is the clam barbecue. Finally got onto that. I keep saying I'll get onto it in a minute. Finally got onto that. Um, it's basically petrol clam barbecue. It is what it says. It, it says on the tin, you know. This is the one thing, I do have a YouTube video on how to construct a uh, clam barbecue and um, and the making of one and the eating of one as well. Basically, yeah, they take, si uh, they take petrol and um, they get it in a plastic bottle. It's very technical, honestly. Um, they get it in a plastic bottle and then they pierce a, um, a hole in the top of the lid and basically um, get like a stone slab. Actually, these stone slabs are usually out there like in the little forest area already in like the park area within this resort. And they get clams that have been freshly harvested, like freshly taken from the coast. And you put them in like a spiral shape around this circular stone slab. And you put them facing downwards. Very important, you put them facing downwards. So like the opening is facing down. And so you kind of stack them in a spiral, um, going around the circle from the outside in. And then once they're all stacked, they should be standing there nicely. Um, you basically start throwing petrol on them uh, with this kind of uh, makeshift petrol bottle. And then you set fire to them. And you keep putting petrol on them for like five or ten minutes and then they're cooked and it is really quite the spectacle to watch um one but you're watching you know the clams being cooked it's a very cool experience and you can also give it a try yourself as well um, but also it's a spectacle to watch everyone look on in horror at what is going on in front of them I can tell you everyone is always too terrified to try the clams but then once one person does everyone does and everyone loves it we do, however, say, I mean, the North Koreans very much recommend, and I also very much recommend, drinking some soju with the clams. Um, <laughs> I think this helps stop any uh, any poisoning, food poisoning, or ups upset stomachs that might happen after. Actually, to be honest, I have never known anyone to get any stomach problems from the clams. Obviously, people have stomach problems in North Korea, but never from the clams, Um I think uh, I think it's probably down to excessive soju consumption. Consumption, um, another reason why Nampo is so much fun. Anyway, that is uh, that's the petrol clam barbecue. Definitely have a look uh, on some of my social media channels for the images of that because ugh, it's just so much fun. 
if hotspot facility is not for you, do not fear. You can always just stay in your room and chill out and enjoy the peace and tranquility of Nampo. Oh, I love it. Or alternatively, you can try out a round of ping pong. There are entertainment facilities such as ping pong tables, which everyone seems to love. Honestly, Nampo just gets a little bit wild, you know? Like, there are people everywhere. You can't keep track of everyone. The facilities are really, really big. Um, I can't be in places at all the same time, so I'm just looking for where the action is, but, like, there could be some people in, like, the public, like, facilities um, splashing about in, like, pretty much, like, the swimming pools that are there. There could be people playing ping pong, still in the restaurant drinking, um, people drinking in their own little uh, house areas with soju, clam barbecue, stuff like that. There's just a lot going on. It's a lot of fun. Lot of love for the hot spa resort. But there is also another place that you can stay in Nampo called the Hangu Hotel. So this is like a quirky hotel close to Wow Island. I've never actually been there myself, but apparently it's very cool um, with like old retro looking rooms, um, kind of similar to like old USSR ones. It's very old and worn down, but there are some cool photos and murals that you'll find along the wall, um, including one big one, which is pretty cool, that says Dokdo, the island of Korea. So if you don't know about Dokdo, this is the uh, island that both Japan and Korea still to this day fight over um, who owns it. It's a uh, it's a pretty hot topic, uh, not just in North Korea, um, indeed just on the Korean peninsula. If there is one thing that North and South Korea agree on, it is that Dokdo is indeed Dokdo, it is theirs and not Japan's. <laughs> it's um, Hango Hotel is, uh, it's kind of this nautical themed hotel. Um, it's kind of good for late arrivals um, or early departures for or for those because it's not so fun to like arrive at the hotspot resort when it's already super late. Um, it's also good for those just wanting a kind of different experience. Maybe you've been to Nampo before and you're looking for um, you know, to stay somewhere new. It also has a really nice banquet hall and a seafood restaurant. One notable thing about it is the front of the building actually has portraits of both Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. That's something that's pretty rare on hotels in North Korea. Initially, it was a solo portrait of Kim Il-sung, but after the passing of Kim Jong-il, his portrait was added too. The slogan beneath it reads, The great comrades Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il will always be with us. This is a slogan that can be found on various monuments across the country. Again, if you want to see an image of this, I will put in the show notes where you can find more information on the Hangu Hotel. And to be honest, that's it, guys. Um, you know, there's only pretty much these two places. There is one other place to stay in Nampo, but I don't have too much information on that. And, you know, there may be further ones that tourists can't stay in. But um, that's pretty much the places that you can stay in Nampo. We also went over pretty much everything that you can do in Nampo. But hey, who knows? Maybe there will be a lot more that we can do when we can finally go back to North Korea. I know this one was a little bit of a short one today, but I want to say a massive thank you for coming back. And I really hope that you enjoyed this one. Do let me know um, the next ones that you want to hear in the future. Um, Nampo is pretty small. And the thing that I love about Nampo the most is not because there's lots to do, but as I've mentioned, it's just for like the vibe and the hot spa resort and stuff like that. So despite it being my favorite place, it's not necessarily the place with a lot going on. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you for coming back. Wherever you're tuning in from, wherever in the world and whatever platform, wherever you might be, whatever you might be doing on your jogs, your morning or evening commute, whatever. Hello and thanks for coming back. Honestly, whilst you're bored and sat there clearly with nothing better to do than to listen to this podcast, then why not give it a review? I really appreciate you guys reviewing this podcast. We are on episode nine and some really nice reviews have been pop popping up on Spotify. That's the platform that I use um and it's just been really lovely to see after all this podcast is for you all so if you're happy i am happy um but please let me know you're happy because if you're happy i don't know you're happy um but i'd really like to know <laughs> so thank you very much for tuning in again and tune in for next week where i have a very special guest greg and we chat about air courier planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.